Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. Welcome to you, and uh, my, name's, my name's Alex. It's nice to meet you. It's also nice to meet anyone who's, who's online. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, yeah, so if you don't know, I'm, I have the honor of being the service pastor for our LifeGate Preston's campus, along with my wife, Laura, who's in the second row there. Um, I just realized the other day that we've been married for five years now, and that's... Time has gone super quickly, but at the same time, it seems like it's gone, like it's been forever. So, don't know how that works, but I figured what better time for me to take you back to a time before we were married, before we were engaged, even. So, before we were engaged, we, we started talking about getting married, and, and yeah, we decided we would get married. And so, Laura knew that I was going to propose to her, but she didn't know when. Now, she knew that I knew that she loves bushwalks and just being out in nature. So I had actually decided to, to take her on a bushwalk and then propose to her on that bushwalk. But because we didn't go on bushwalks very often, I didn't just want to propose on the first bushwalk we went on, because then it's no surprise. So I organized a decoy bushwalk. So she came to my house, and we're getting ready to leave, and then I noticed she's, she's put makeup on, and she's done her hair nicely, and she's, she's wearing nice jeans to go on a bushwalk. So I knew my plan was working. And so on, on our bushwalk, as the day's progressing, I noticed that her demeanor changes from excitement to disappointment as she realized that today was not the day. I still remember the, the look of disappointment on her face. I don't know why I'm smiling. So Laura knew that the day was coming, but she just didn't know when that would be. It's, it's like when Laura was pregnant with our boy, Isaiah. He, so the, the due date was coming. We knew that the birth was going to happen, but we just didn't know when. So we had to get ready by preparing, we just called it a hospital bag. So in the hospital bag, we packed things like clothes, a change of clothes for Laura. Uh, we packed clothes for Isaiah, because obviously... He comes out of the womb without clothes. Uh, we had to pack snacks for Laura to keep her energy up. We also had to pack snacks for me because, well, you can't expect me to be a supportive husband if I'm hungry, right? <laughs> we knew that the due date was coming. We just didn't know when that would be. And it's, it's like when you're at that restaurant and you, you order that spicy dish. The other day, uh, Isaiah tried chili. And uh, he, was a bit, he was a bit shocked. I, yeah, I can't stop smiling at that face. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure many of us can relate to that time when you're, you're in a restaurant and you're looking at the menu and you're trying to decide between the spicy laksa or the hot green curry, even though both of them have three chili symbols next to their name. You know that it's going to burn on the way in. You know it's going to taste delicious. But you also know it's going to burn on the way out. You just don't know when that's going to happen. This is what life is like. You know that in life, things are going to happen. The time is coming for many things, but you don't know when. So you need to get ready for them. For example, you might, you might know that um, you need to leave for work 
So you get ready by brushing your teeth, doing your hair, putting clothes on, having breakfast. You know that due to the rise in COVID numbers, people are going to be panic buying. So you get ready by going out and quickly buying 20 packs of toilet paper. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I hope none of you do that. You know that, well, we know that Isaiah's always hungry, for some reason, especially when we're out of the house. So we get ready by preparing snacks for him. Now, if I'm the one that packs snacks for him, I like to pack something that I like to eat, so that if I get hungry, I can eat his snacks. Hey, that's a parenting tip for you guys. You know that in life, there are going to be unexpected costs that just pop out out of nowhere. For example, your car might suddenly break down, so, or, so you need to pay lots of money to get it fixed. Or your washing machine might, might suddenly cark it, and so you need to pay to get it repaired. Or you might suddenly come across medical issues which incur hefty bills. So you get ready by making sure that you have enough savings in your bank account to pay for these unexpected expenses. As Christians, we know that Jesus is returning. In John chapter 14, verses 2 to 3, Jesus says, My father's house has many rooms. And just interestingly, yeah, I just noticed in this, one of the songs we sang, we, talk, we sang, In my father's house, there's a place for me which I thought was really cool, it ties in with this. But anyway, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus is coming back to take you to the place that he's prepared for you. Are you ready? Now, if you've done any research into the return of Jesus, you will have noticed that there's great debate around the specific details and around the order of events of these end times, as they're called. For example, is there a rapture before Jesus returns? Or do all Christians remain on earth during the time of tribulation? Or what is the millennial reign of Christ? Now, wherever you stand on these topics, or even if this is all completely new to you and it sounds like I've just made up a whole bunch of words, there is one thing that is unanimously agreed upon. And that is that if you are not ready when Jesus returns, you will be left behind. Let's go right to the source and see what Jesus has to say about this. Jesus says in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, At that time... The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet 
and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This whole procession of ten virgins carrying lamps, accompanying the groom to a wedding banquet, it might all seem a bit strange to you. So let me give you some context. In today's Western society, a relationship might typically look something like this. A man and a woman meet each other, they spend some time together, they realize that they like each other's company. So they decide to become boyfriend and girlfriend, or partners, or more than friends, or whatever you want to call it. Then after some amount of time, the man asks the wife to marry him. She says yes, they plan the wedding together, and then after the wedding, they go to live somewhere by themselves as a married couple. When Jesus said these words in Matthew 25, the Jewish marriage customs were very different. For example, there was no such thing as dating or boyfriend and girlfriend or more than friends. It was just you were married or you weren't. This is how it went. The father of the groom or the groom himself would arrange the marriage with the father of the bride. Now, this marriage covenant would include the negotiation of a price to be paid to the father of the bride. So essentially, the bride was bought at a price. After the marriage covenant had been agreed upon, the groom would return to his father's house to prepare the place that he and his wife would live. And this was usually just a room added to his father's house. The length of time that this preparation would go for was usually a minimum of one year, but the actual length of time was decided upon by the groom's father. Now, after the preparations were complete, the groom would leave his father's house in a loud procession with his groomsmen to go and bring back his bride. Now, even though the bride knew that the groom was coming, she didn't know the exact day or hour. So the groom's arrival would be announced by the blowing of a trumpet, and one of the groomsmen would shout, Behold, the bridegroom comes! So the bride and her bridesmaids would come out and meet the groom. And so the bride and her groom and both bridal parties would then go back to the groom's father's house for the wedding ceremony and the wedding banquet. Now, we read in the Bible that Jesus refers to himself as several things, such as the light of the world or the good shepherd. But he also calls himself the bridegroom. And so Jesus is illustrating through this passage so much about his relationship with us as well as what his return will look like. For example, just like how in those days the groom chose the bride, the bride didn't choose the groom, in the same way, Jesus chose us before the creation of the world. In the same way that the groom pays a price for the bride, Jesus paid a price for us. He paid with his life to save us from our own sin so that we can be with him for eternity. In the same way that the groom goes back to his father's house to prepare a place for him and his bride to live, the Bible tells us that Jesus is with God the Father 
preparing a place for us. And in the same way that the groom returns for his bride at an unknown day and time, Jesus is returning at a day and time that no one can predict. Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like this scene where some bridesmaids are ready for the return of the groom, and so they enjoy the celebration and the feast, whereas others are left behind for one reason. They are not ready. The the bridesmaids that are left behind, they're not left behind because they weren't pretty enough. They're not left behind because they weren't rich enough or because of the friends they had or the job they worked or because of what happened in their past. They were left behind because they weren't ready. The fact that they fell asleep was not the issue because both the wise and the foolish bridesmaids fell asleep. The issue is that the foolish bridesmaids failed to make the necessary preparations to be ready for the return of the groom, even if it was later than expected. Let's just take a moment to consider why Jesus calls these bridesmaids foolish, because that's a strong word. And when I first read that, I thought, Jesus is being a bit harsh here, because it's not like the bridesmaids forgot their lamps altogether. It's not like they got the address wrong and they were waiting at the wrong person's house. The only mistake they made was not being ready. I think Jesus uses this strong word because the bridesmaids had no excuse to not be ready. They would have grown up knowing about the Jewish marriage customs because it was their own culture, it was their own time. They would have seen it happening all the time. And so they would have known that the groom would arrive to bring back the bride at an unknown day and time. And so they should have been ready for the groom's arrival even if it was earlier or later than expected. This readiness is even more important given the consequences of not being ready. Because if not having enough oil meant completely missing out on the celebration and the joy and the feast, then they should have brought buckets of spare oil. They knew they should have been ready for the groom, but they chose to not be ready. In my opinion, the foolish bridesmaid's lack of preparation suggests one of the following attitudes. Either, I'll worry about that later, or, even if I'm late, they'll still let me in. If your attitude about Jesus' return or about what will happen to you after this life is, I'll worry about that later, or, even if I'm late, God will still let me in. Well, in Jesus' own words, this is foolishness. On the surface, all the bridesmaids appeared ready. They were all dressed, they all had the lamps in their hand, they were all waiting at the right location. But when the time came, the true nature of their readiness was revealed, and appearances no longer mattered. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, 
Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And so, of course, we have to ask, if we need to do the will of the Father to get into heaven, what is the will of the Father? Jesus tells us that the two most important commandments are Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you get these two commandments right, then you will naturally fulfill all the other commandments. And now as Jesus is saying in this passage, you might be saying all the right things. You know, you might never swear, you might never gossip. You might go around talking about the end times and the millennial reign of Christ. You might look the part, you know, you might always have your hair done up nicely, you might always dress well, you might be in all the right places. You could be showing up to church every week, you could be going to life group every fortnight, you might serve at your local soup kitchen. And while these are all great things, they alone will only get you as far as the foolish bridesmaids got, and that is left behind knocking on the door. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm not trying to get you to doubt your relationship with Jesus. I'm just asking you to make an honest assessment of your heart. Do you honestly love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Do you honestly love your neighbor as yourself? But what does this look like? Well, it looks like making God the most important thing in your life, more important than pursuing wealth, more important than pursuing, than finding a husband or a wife. More important than pursuing a good reputation. It looks like prioritizing time with him. It looks like pursuing his will for your life. It looks like worshipping him alone, not some celebrity, not your career. It looks like forgiving others, even if you really want to take revenge. It looks like being kind and loving to your enemies. It's putting others' needs above your own desires. If this is what your life looks like, well, that's amazing. And I'm so genuinely glad for all the lives that are going to be touched as you share the joy and the love and the freedom and the purpose that you have found in Jesus. But if you don't love God, with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Don't waste another day in the delusion that you can worry about that later. Trust me when I say, you don't want to be left behind. I don't want you to be left behind. God doesn't want you to be left behind. And that's why he makes it so easy for us to get ready for Jesus' return. He doesn't require you to have a certain amount of money in your bank account. He doesn't ask you to convert a certain amount of people to Christianity. He doesn't say you need to live a perfect life where you never make a mistake. All you need to do is accept Jesus as your God and love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. I want us to look at one more thing in our original passage. 
Each of the ten bridesmaids had been specifically chosen to be at the wedding banquet with the bride. The bride desired each of the ten bridesmaids to personally celebrate with her. However, this desire alone did not guarantee the bridesmaids entry into the wedding banquet. The bridesmaids' own choices determined their outcome. Being ready resulted in acceptance. Not being ready resulted in being left behind. In the same way, God desires every person to be with him for eternity. However, out of his great love for us, he has given us the free will to determine our own outcome. Being ready results in acceptance, and not being ready results in being left behind. I'm going to use an analogy that some of you might have seen before, and I think it illustrates the point so well. Let's say this hose represents time. And let's say this is when God created Earth and the sun and the moon and and all the other planets. Now, as we move forward in time, here's where Noah built his ark. There's David defeating Goliath. There's Jesus telling his disciples he's coming back. Oh, there's your time on earth. I almost missed it because it's so small compared to eternity. Now, this analogy would be more accurate if I had a hose that extended on for eternity, but they didn't have any of those at Bunnings, so this is, this is the best I've got. But even still, look how small your time on earth is compared to eternity. Your time in this life is a mere fraction, a mere drop in the ocean compared to the time that you will have in eternity. But your choices in this life will determine what your eternity looks like. Will you choose to be ready and therefore spend eternity with God who is love, who is our true source of joy and peace? Or will you choose to not be ready and therefore spend eternity without God, without love, without joy, without peace? You may have heard the term YOLO. Anyone heard that before? It stands for you only live once. And so society will tell you to spend every moment chasing temporary pleasures because YOLO, you only live once. And therefore, by this logic, you should constantly pursue fun. Now, society's idea of fun, to me, seems more like self-destructive behavior and a lack of self-control, but we'll leave that for another time. The YOLO attitude says that You should do whatever you feel like doing because there are no consequences to your choices. Well, no. YOLO should be YOLT. You only live twice. Your first life is here on Earth. Your second life is in eternity. 
But how you live this life determines how you live your next life. You might be hearing all of this and you're wanting to get ready, but something's holding you back. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't need to follow Jesus to get into heaven. I just need to be a nice person and not kill anyone. Then God will let me in. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can go to the Father in heaven except by following Jesus. There's no amount of nice words you can say. There's no amount of charitable good works you can do. There's no amount of people that you can not kill in order to earn your way into heaven. The only way to get ready for Jesus' return is to be following Jesus. Or maybe your life looks like what I described earlier. You're prioritizing time with Him. You're regularly asking God to show you how He wants to change your thoughts and your priorities and your attitudes. Well, let me encourage you by saying that's amazing. Keep fighting the good fight. But let me also remind you that what God has given you is not just for you alone. God has blessed you to be a blessing to others. And so if you are ready for the return of Jesus, then what can you do to help others get ready? As I close, consider this. What would you do if you discovered that you had exactly one week left to live? Would you live any differently to how you're living now? Would you still care about chasing that promotion at work so that you can get the pay rise, so that you can pay for that faster car or that more extravagant holiday or that bigger house? Would you still care about how that person at the supermarket was rude to you? Would you still be spending every spare moment trying to squeeze in time for your favorite TV show? Would you still allow the fear of what other people think to stop you from sharing all about what Jesus has done in your life? When you realize how fleeting, how temporary this life is, then your priorities, your thoughts, your attitudes will drastically change. The reality is you don't know how long you have left to live. And you don't know how long we have until Jesus returns. So you really don't have any time to waste. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 to 42, Jesus says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And that's another word for, for the return of Jesus. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch, 
because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Jesus is coming back and he wants to take you to be with him for eternity. Are you ready? Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you that you have this perfect plan that was made before we, any of us were born, before the world was created. You knew what would happen and you made a plan to save us from our own mistakes. God, you went back and... Yeah, thank you that Jesus came to earth to die for our sins and then he is now returned to his Father's house to prepare a place for us. Thank you that you've shown us that we need to be ready because we don't know when Jesus will return. But we thank you that you've done all this for us so that we can enjoy eternity with you in peace, in love, with joy. And God, we pray that, that you would help us to be ready, that you would give us that hunger, that desire, the wisdom to choose to be ready because we don't have another moment left to waste. And God, for anyone who, who has something that's holding them back from being ready, whether it's doubt, whether it's distraction, whether they, they still think that they need to earn their way into heaven, God, we just pray that you would break those lies. We pray that you would remove those distractions and just help them to see clearly that there is no earning their way into heaven. There's no earning your love. It's just accepting the free gift that Jesus has given us. So God, we thank you for all of this, and Lord, we pray that, that not only would people get ready, but then when people do get ready, that they would help others get ready too, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you're preparing a place for us, and we thank you for the, the joy and the peace and the no more suffering, the no more sickness, the no more pain that we have yet to enjoy with you in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, thank you to those who've joined us online today. If, uh, if you'd like more prayer, please click the prayer button. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.